Hello, good morning, good morning. I am so excited. So I am going to be doing story time today. I'm gonna to be reading one of my favorite stories, folklores, myths, legends, whatever you would like to call it, uh, from the goddess Anana. She is one of the original Sumerian goddesses it was first discovered in the early 1900s, and they have since discovered many pieces of this story that I'm going to be reading. And it actually got its final piece in the, you know, only about 10, 15 years ago. So I find that this story is, it's called the uh, Inanna's Descent, and it's about Inanna, the goddess, going into the underworld. And why is this important? Well, Anana was the queen of heaven. She is the queen of heaven. Um, and as you'll see in the story, she gives up or is made to offer everything that characterizes her being the queen of heaven. And I've been talking the past few days about the mystical union of really uh uniting these divine feminine divine masculine heaven hell underworld above world good and evil light and dark really taking into consideration these types of uh plays sorry okay here we go that should work better um really taking into consideration these opposing forces and I find that Anana's Descent, not only because it's winter and often it can feel very dark, we can go into ourselves more. There's this journey within. Uh, I'm excited because I just, I love this story. So I'm actually just going to be opening it up and I am going to be reading it because it's an incredible work. So uh, hello, Natasha, if you're here, say hello. So this is the good morning, Jennifer. I know that you are going through a lot right now. So I find that Anana's descent is a message to us women, to the divine feminine, that the journey to the divine feminine is not a rosy colored walk in the woods and it's not this like we just put our crowns back on as we see we're we we go through a space thank you natasha we go through a space of rediscovering our divine feminine and i find that the descent of anana the story leads us into that space so it's a it's a long story if you're in um, if you're a patron on Patreon, in the $33 tier for the month, you do get the full description of this. I will be posting a PDF of this, um, which is just an incredible thing to have and to work with over these next six weeks and this lunar cycle. So um, you'll get the replay of this as well as the full PDF of this story so that you can go through and use it as a meditative aspect. Um, okay, so here we are, The Descent of Anana, and this was translated by Wolkstein and Kramer. 
Um, like I said, it, it's over an 80 year time span that this story was found in bits and pieces. So here it goes. From the great above, she opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, the goddess opened her ear to the great below. From the great above, Anana opened her ear to the great below. My lady abandoned heaven and earth to descend to the underworld. Anana abandoned heaven and earth to descend to the underworld. In Uruk, and pardon my pronunciations of these, in Uruk, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Babtibira, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Zabalam, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Adab, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Naipur, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Kish, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. In Akkad, she abandoned her temple to descend to the underworld. She gathered together the seven me, M-E. These are the universal decrees that gave her divine authority that showcased when she had these seven me's, M-E's, everyone who looked at her knew that she was a goddess, okay? So the me's are gonna be throughout this whole story. She took them into her hands. So these seven me's were actual physical objects that she had. With the me in her possession, she prepared herself. She placed the shugura, the crown of the step on her head. She arranged the dark locks of her hair across her forehead. She tied the small lapis beads around her neck. She let the double strand of beads fall to her breast and she wrapped the royal robe around her body. She dabbed her eyes with the ointment and called, let him come, let him come. Bound the breastplate called, come man, come around her chest, slipped the gold ring over her wrist and took the lapis measuring rod and line in her hand. Anana set out for the underworld. Ninshabur, her faithful servant, went with her. Anana spoke to her saying, Ninshabur, my constant support, my Sakal who gives me wise advice, my warrior who fights by my side. I am descending to the Kur, to the underworld. If I do not return, set up a lament for me by the runes. Beat the drum for me in the assembly places. Circle the houses of the gods. Tear at your eyes, at your mouth, at your thighs. Tear, sorry. Tear at your eyes, at your mouth, at your thighs. Dress yourself in a single garment like a beggar. Go to Nippur, to the temple of Enlil. When you enter his holy shrine, call out, O oh, father Enlil, do not let your daughter be put to death in the underworld. Do not let her bright silver be covered in the dust of the underworld. Do not let your precious lapis be broken onto stone for the stone worker. Do not let your fragrant boxwood 
be cut into wood for the woodworker. Do not let the holy priestess of heaven be put to death in the underworld. If Enlil will not help you, go to Ur, to the temple of Nana. Weep before your father, Nana. If Nana will not help you, go to Iridu, to the temple of Inki. Weep before Father Inki. Father Inki, the god of wisdom, knows the food of life. He knows the water of life, knows the secret of life. Surely he will not let me die. And Nana continued on her way to the underworld. Then she stopped and said, Go now, Ninshabur. Do not forget the words I have commanded you. When Inanna arrived at the outer gates of the underworld, she knocked loudly. Open the door, she cried out in a fierce voice. Gatekeeper, open the door, Nettie. I alone would enter. Nettie, the chief gatekeeper of the Kerr, asked, Who are you? She answered, I am Inanna, queen of heaven on my way to the east. Nettie said, if you are truly Anana, queen of heaven, on your way to the east, why has your heart led you to the road from which no traveler returns? Anana answered, because of my older sister, Arishkagal, her husband, Gwagalana, the bull of heaven, has died. I have come to witness the funeral rites. Let the beer of his funeral rites be poured into the cup. Let it be done. Nettie spoke. Stay here, Anana. I will speak to my queen. I will give her your message. Neddy, the chief gatekeeper of the Kerr, entered the palace of Arishkagal, the queen of the underworld, and said, My queen, a maid as tall as heaven, as wide as the earth, as strong as the foundations of a city wall, waits outside the palace gates. She has gathered together the seven me. She has taken them in her hands. With the me in her possession, she has prepared herself. On her head, she wears the shagora, the crown of the steppe. Across her forehead, her dark locks of hair are carefully arranged. Around her neck, she wears small lapis beads. At her breast, she wears the double strand of beads. Her body is wrapped within the royal robe. Her eyes are dabbed with the ointment. Let him come, let him come. Around her chest, she wears the breastplate called come, man, come. On her wrist, she wears the gold ring. And in her hand, she carries the lapis rod and line. When Arishkagal heard this, she slapped her thigh and bit her lip. She took the matter into heart and dwelt on it. Then she spoke. Come, Nettie, my chief gatekeeper of Kerr, heed my words. Bolt the seven gates of the underworld. Then one by one, open each gate, yet a crack. Let Anana enter. As she enters, remove her royal garments. Let the holy priestess of heaven enter bowed low. Nettie heeded the words of the queen. He bolted the seven gates of the underworld. Then he opened the outer gate. He said to the maid, come, Anana, enter. When she entered the first gate, from her head, the shagura, the crown of the steppe, was removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, 
quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the second gate, from her neck, the small lapis beads were removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the third gate, from the breast, the double strands of beads were removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the fourth gate, from her chest, the breastplate called, let him come, let him come, was removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the fifth gate, from her wrist, the gold ring was removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the sixth gate, when she entered the sixth gate, from her hand, the lapis measuring rod and line was removed. What is this? Anana asked. She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. When she entered the seventh gate, from her body, the royal robe was removed. Anana asked, what is this? She was told, quiet, Anana. The ways of the underworld are perfect. They may not be questioned. Naked and bowed low, Anana entered the throne room. Arishkagal rose from her throne. Anana started toward her throne. The Anunua, the judges of the underworld, surrounded her. They passed judgment against her. Then Arishkagal fastened on Anana, the eye of death. She spoke against her word of wrath. She uttered against her the cry of guilt. She struck her. Anana was turned into a corpse a piece of rotting meat and was hung from a hook on the wall. When after three days and three nights, Anana had not returned, Ninshabur set up a lament for her by the runes. She beat the drum for her in the assembled places. She circled the houses of the gods. She tore at her eyes. She tore at her mouth. She tore at her thighs. She dressed herself in a single garment like a beggar. Alone, she'd set up for Nippur and the temple of Enlil. When she entered the holy shrine, she called out, Oh, Father Enlil, do not let your daughter be put to death in the underworld. Do not let your bright silver be covered with dust of the underworld. Do not let your precious lapis be broken into stone for the stoneworker. Do not let your fragrant boxwood be cut into wood for the woodworker. Do not let the holy priestess of heaven be put to death in the underworld. Father Enlil answered angrily, my daughter craved the great above. Anana craved the great below. She who receives the me of the underworld does not return. 
She who goes to the dark city stays there. Father Enlil would not help. Ninshabar went to Ur and the temple of Nana. When she entered the holy shrine, she cried out, O Father Nana, do not let your daughter be put to death in the underworld. Do not let your bright silver be covered with dust of the underworld. Do not let your precious lapis be broken into stone for the stone worker. Do not let your fragrant boxwood be cut into wood for the woodworker. Do not let the holy priestess of heaven be put to death in the underworld. Father Nana answered angrily, my daughter craved the great below, Anana craved the great above. She who receives the me of the underworld does not return. She who goes to the dark city stays there. Father Nana would not help. Ninshabar went to Iridu and the temple of Inki. When she cried out the holy shrine, oh, when she entered the holy shrine, she cried out, Oh, Father Inki, do not let your daughter be put to death in the underworld. Do not let your bright silver be covered with dust of the underworld. Do not let your precious lapis be broken into stone for the stone worker. Do not let your fragrant boxwood be cut into for the woodworker. Do not let the holy priestess of heaven be put to death in the underworld. Father Inky said, what has happened? What has my daughter done? Anana, queen of all the lands, holy priestess of heaven. What has happened? I am troubled. I am grieved. From under his fingernail, Father Inky brought forth dirt. He fashioned the dirt into a kugora, a creature neither male nor female. From under the fingernail of his other hand, he brought forth dirt. He fashioned the dirt into a galator, a creature neither male nor female. He gave the food of life to the Kurgara. He gave the water of life to the Gal Galatur, saying, go to the underworld, enter the doors like flies. Arishkagal, the queen of the underworld is moaning with the cries of a woman about to give birth. No linen is spread on her body. Her breasts are uncovered. Her hair swirls about her head like leeks. When she cries, Oh, oh, my inside, cry also, oh, oh, your inside. When she cries, oh, oh, my outside, cry also, oh, oh, your outside, the queen will be pleased. She will offer you a gift. Ask her only for the corpse that hangs on the hook on the wall. One of you will sprinkle the food of life on it. The other will sprinkle the water of life. Anana will rise. The Kugara and the Galatur heeded Inky's words. They set out for the underworld like flies. They slipped through the cracks of the gates. They entered the throne room of the queen of the underworld. No linen was spread on her body. Her breasts were uncovered. Her hair swirled around her head like leeks. Ishkagal was moaning, oh, oh, my inside. They moaned with her, oh, oh, your inside. She moaned, oh, oh, my outside. They moaned, oh, oh, your outside. She groaned, oh, oh, my belly. They groaned, oh, oh, your belly. She groaned, oh, 
oh, my back, they groaned. Oh, oh, your back. She sighed. Oh, oh, my heart. They sighed. Oh, oh, your heart. She sighed. Oh, oh, my liver. They sighed. Oh, oh, your liver. Arishkagal stopped. She looked at them. Who are you? Moaning and groaning and sighing along with me. If you are gods, I will bless you. If you are mortals, I will give you a gift. I will give you the water gift, the river in its fullness. The Krugara and the Galator answered, we do not wish it. Arishkagal said, I will give you the grain gift, the fields and harvest. The Krugara and the Galatar said, we do not wish it. Arishkagal said, speak then, what do you wish? They answered, we wish only for the corpse that hangs on the hook on the wall. Arishkagal said, the corpse belongs to Inanna. They said, whether it belongs to our queen, whether it belongs to our king, that is what we wish. The corpse was given to them. The Krugara sprinkled the food of life on the corpse. The Galatur sprinkled the water of life on the corpse. And Inanna rose. Anana was about to ascend from the underworld when the Anuna, the judges of the underworld, seized her. They said, no one ascends from the underworld unmarked. If Anana wishes to return from the underworld, she must provide someone in her place. As Anana ascended from the underworld, the Gala, the demons of the underworld, clung to her side. The Gala were demons who know no food, who know no drink, who eat no offerings, who drink no libations, who accept no gifts. They enjoy no lovemaking. They have no sweet children to kiss. They tear the wife from the husband's arms. They tear the child from the father's knees. They steal the bride from the marriage home. The demons clung to Inanna. The small Gala who accompanied Inanna were like reeds the size of low picket fences. The large gala who accompanied Inanna were like reeds the size of large picket fences. The one who walked in front of Inanna was not a minister, yet he carried a scepter. The one who walked behind her was not a warrior, yet he carried a mace. Ninshabar, dressed in a soiled sackcloth, waited outside the palace gates. When she saw Anana surrounded by the Gala, she threw herself in the dust at Anana's feet. The Gala said, walk on, Anana. We shall take Ninshabar in your place. Anana cried, no, no. Ninshabar is my constant support. She is my Sakal, who gives me wise wisdom. She is my warrior who fights by my side. She did not forget my words. She set up a lament for me by my ruins. She beat the drum for me at the assembly places. She circled the houses of the gods. She tore at her eyes, her mouth and her thighs. She dressed herself in a single garment like a beggar. Alone, she set out for Nippur and the temple of Enlil. She went to Ur and the temple of Nana. She went to Erudu and the temple of Enki. Because of her, 
my life is saved. I will never give Nenshapar to you. The Gala said, walk on Anana. We will accompany you to Uma. In Uma at the holy shrine, Shara, the son of Anana, was dressed in a soiled sackcloth. When he saw Anana surrounded by the Gala, he threw himself in the dust at her feet. The Gala said, walk to your city, Anana. We shall take Shara in your place. Anana cried, no, no, not Shara. He is my son who sings hymns to me. He is my son who cuts my nails and smooths my hair. I will never give Shara to you. The Gala said, walk on, Anana. We will accompany you to Babtibira. In Babtibira at the holy shrine, Lulal, the son of Anana, was dressed in soiled sackcloth. When he saw Anana surrounded by the Gala, he threw himself in the dust at her feet. The Gala said, walk on, Anana. We will take Lulal in your place. Anana cried, no, no, not Lulal. He is my son. He is a leader among men. He is my right arm. He is my left arm. I will never give Lulal to you. The Gala said, walk on to your city, Anana. We will go with you to the big apple tree in Uruk. In Uruk by the big apple tree, Dumuzi, the husband of Anana, was dressed in his shining knee garments. He sat on his magnificent throne and he did not move. The Gala seized him by the thighs. They poured milk out of his seven churns. They broke the reed pipe which the shepherd was playing. Anana fastened on Demuzi the eye of death. She spoke against him the word of wrath. She uttered against him the cry of guilt. Take him away. Take Demuzi away. The Gala who know no food, who know no drink, who eat no offerings, who drink no libations, who accept no gifts, seized Demuzi. They made him stand up. They made him sit down. They beat the husband of Anana. They gashed him with axes. Demuzi let out a wail. He raised his hands to heaven to Utu, the god of justice, and beseeched him. O Utu, you are my brother-in-law. I am the husband of your sister. I brought cream to your mother's house. I brought milk to Ningal's house. I am the one who carried food to the holy shrine. I am the one who brought wedding gifts to Uruk. I am the one who danced on the holy knees, the knees of Anana. Utu, you are you who are a just God, a merciful God. Change my hands into the hands of a snake. Change my feet into the feet of a snake. Let me escape from my demons. Do not let them hold me. The merciful Utu accepted Demuzi's tears. He changed the hands of Demuzi into snake hands. He changed the feet of Demuzi into snake feet. Demuzi escaped from his demons. They could not hold him. I'm not going to say much <laughs> after this. Thank you for listening. That was the story of Anana's descent. I find that so much of our own journey, it goes through the seven gates, which have been linked to the seven chakras. It goes through this removal of everything that made her a queen. And yet she still had people in her life 
that without all of those things saw her as she was. And I think it's so telling for us to use this descent in our own lives this winter to really see what truly matters, to really allow that the adornments, the things, the things that make us who we are, are but things of me, those aspects of those things that define us, but are not us. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening along. Again, if you'd like to have the recording of this and the PDF that goes along with this to read it on your own, you can join in Patreon at patreon.com forward slash magical mothering. Thanks for being here. I hope you have an absolutely magical day.